Hello, this is Liz Ricketts. Good morning. And um, I'm here to talk about love is the answer. And I'm sure Tim has already said, if love is the answer, what is the question? Now, I have a mobile phone, um, still a fairly recent thing for me. But one of the things I like about this phone is it keeps a record um, uh, in my photos of uh, what I was doing and what I was taking photos of and what photos I was sending this time last year. And according to my phone, this time last year, I was obsessed by pasta and toilet rolls. I took photos of toilet rolls, I took photos of pasta, and I also took photos of um, empty shelves in supermarkets. And I'm not so sure I didn't put all three of those photos on Facebook. Well, the context obviously was that it was the last few days before we went into lockdown, um, which was then rather an unknown quantity for us. And I was obviously getting very worried about um, running out of essentials like uh, toilet rolls and rushing out and trying to buy them. I remember I was very pleased that I managed to get some in the garage down the road, having failed to get some at the supermarket. And I wonder what you were doing. Were you rushing around and trying to buy things? You might like to uh, put in the chat feed what you remember about this time last year. Um, and you might also like to talk about it in your families. Now, looking back a year on, with all the understanding and the wisdom and the weariness of that year. What do I wish I had done with those last few days of freedom? Well, I think now that I wish I had got into the car, done a whirlwind tour of England and Wales, including the Isle of Wight, and hugged my sister and my nephews and my family. But I guess that even then, that might have been seen as a bit too dangerous. One of this year, the, the things this year has shown us is what matters most. Toilet rolls do matter, but not that much, we have decided, because relationships matter more. Now, the question that Jesus was asked by this teacher of the law is similar. The man is a scribe and a teacher, um, a person who has spent his whole career, um, his whole life immersed in the minutiae of the Torah, the law of Moses, the Old Testament. And he's done this so that he can teach and advise others on every interpretation of every verse. But when he comes to Jesus, he asks a straightforward question. 
in all those words and commandments from God, which is the most important? What matters most? And Jesus gives him a surprisingly straightforward answer. Um, I think he would have thought that Jesus wasn't being very radical because Jesus says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And then love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Now this is the Shema. Shema Israel. Hear, O Israel. Listen, Israel. Which is the foundation declaration of faith for every Jewish believer. Even today. It is the first of the commandments from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and it is meant to be said by every Jew twice a day as you get up in the morning and as you lie down to sleep. And um, Jewish people would love it to be the last words on their lips as they die. And you may realise that many devout Jews even today would have this tied to their foreheads or on the doors of their houses. It's that important. So to this important verse, Jesus adds the verse from Leviticus, Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbour as yourself. And there is some evidence that linking these two verses together um, was a standard formula that was already taught by religious teachers in Jesus's day. The idea was that these two statements summarised all the Ten Commandments. Love God, love your neighbour. So it feels like Jesus is going back to basics here and looking at what really matters when everything else is stripped away. And the context in which he says it might help. Jesus is in his last few days here, having um, entered Jerusalem on a donkey, something we will be looking at as we approach Easter. And now he is standing and teaching in the courts of the temple. And he is attracting crowds. And the opposition to him is also gathering. And I think we saw that in the video. And in fact, this encounter follows two others where religious leaders have tried to trap him into saying something that might be deemed to be treason or blasphemy. And it's possible that this third conversation, the conversation with the teacher of the law, also started as a trap. But if so, in this gospel, it ends very differently. And as Jesus stands in that courtyard and he looks out on the bustle and the busyness of the temple, of sacrifices, of money lending, of priests and lawyers, he knows that all this will soon come to an end. So what will be left? 
and what really matters. As he faces the growing opposition and hatred that will bring him to the cross, what really matters to him and to us who follow him? And this is his answer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. Love your neighbour as yourself. So if that is what really matters to Jesus, it should be what really matters to us as well. This was Jesus's baseline and it should be ours. So three, three things that I think we can learn from this today. And the first is something about lip service versus heart service. One of the things that God says again and again in the Old Testament through his prophets is that he doesn't want a people who just pay him lip service. He wants the devotion of their hearts. Isaiah 29, 13. These people come near to me with their mouth and they honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The Pharisees and the other Jewish leaders were reciting the words of the Shema at least twice a day. But did they put them into practice? Had saying those words in a precise, ritualistic way become more important than actually listening to God or loving God? Jesus commends this teacher of the law because he seems to recognise that really loving God was more important than all the rituals and sacrifices. His heart and his mind seem to be open. So Jesus says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. So what about us? In what ways do we just pay lip service to God? Just go through the motions, just do what is expected of us without really connecting with God in it. Picking up on something Tom said last week is what we do as a Christian to impress others or to please God. Secondly, we are to put God first. Jesus talks about loving God and loving our neighbour. And like the words of God in the Ten Commandments, he puts them in that order. Love God, love your neighbour. Loving God comes first. And loving God, he said, will take every bit of us. It is all-encompassing, involving our feelings, our identity, our intellect and our energy. Every part of us is to be given to God in love and worship. And when Jesus says that, he knows that this is what we were made for. 
as human beings, we are designed to love God and be loved by God, to be in a love relationship with him. This is the way that we can flourish. And this is how we can have that capacity to show that same type of love to other people. So if you want to know where to start in the Christian life, it is with learning to love God, spending time with him and getting to know him. For to know him more is to love him more. As we learn to give more of ourselves to God in love, as he fills us and renews us, so we will be changed and be able to love others more. All those other commandments about how to love others and how not to hurt others should be an overflowing of our love for God. I have been reading um, the Passion translation of the Bible during Lent and this is the way that um, it translates verses from 1 John chapter 4 which is a chapter all about how loving God and being loved by God changes us. Two verses here. This is love. God loved us long before we loved him. And it goes on to say, delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. So the challenge for us today, what or who comes first in my life? How important is that relationship with God to me, that love relationship with God? And thirdly, when is a commandment not just a commandment? Well, when it's a promise. The story of the Bible can be seen as a turning of commands into promises. There is a link between obeying God and loving God. Why do we obey God's commandments? Is it because we fear his punishment or because we want to curry favour with him? Because we think we will get rewards or Christian brownie points? Is it to impress others with our holiness? Why do we obey God? Well, God looks on the heart and is much more interested in our motives for obedience than in the obedience itself. He wants us to obey him and to do what he says, but he wants us to do that because we love him. Like a loving father, he wants his children to obey him because they trust him and they love him. And he wants us to be horrified at the thought of doing anything that will hurt others or hurt the Father God who loves us. Now, although that sounds simple, 
we still often find it hard to obey God even though we think we love him and Jesus knew this and in his last teaching session with his disciples which interestingly may even have been on the evening of the same day as this encounter in the temple in John chapter 14 Jesus touches on this John chapter 14 verse 15 can be read like this. If you love me, you will obey my commands. In other words, show your love by doing what I say. But it can also be read like this. If you love me, you will obey my commands. In other words, if you love me, you will be able to do what I ask. And I think I favour that second reading because all the following verses in that chapter about how Jesus will be with us to help us in everything, how the Father will love us and live with us and how the, how the Holy Spirit will be alongside us and fill us. So the Passion Version says it like this John 14:15 Jesus says loving me empowers you to obey my commands love is both the motivation and the motive power behind our obedience so it all comes back to love Jesus says love is the answer to so many of our questions. That is Jesus' baseline and it should be ours. We are made to love God and when we do so with all of our being, with all that we are, then everything else falls into place. We are where we are meant to be, loved, empowered and able to show God's love to others and to live the holy and abundant life he has prepared for us. Love can motivate us, empower us, change us, strengthen us and overflow from us. So I want to finish by um, doing a little prayer with you. And um, I thought for those who think visually, um, we would do something slightly different. So let this represent your life. You might like to imagine that your name is written in the middle. This is all aspects of your life. And this is what God is saying to you today. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your feelings, all your passion, all your longing. And love the Lord with all your soul, 
all your life, all your identity, all your worship. And love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your reason, all your understanding, all your intelligence. And love the Lord your God with all your strength, your body, your energy, your practical actions. Love the Lord your God with everything you are and then share that sort of love with everyone you meet. And what does that sort of love look like? Well, it looks like this. That sort of love is a cross-shaped love. It's a love like the love that Jesus shows us. Let's pray together. Were the whole realm of nature mine that were an offering far too small Lord, your love, so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Amen. <laughs>